I actually eat a lot. I eat a lot of food. If people like look at what I eat, they're like, wow, she eats a lot. But the reason that I'm able to do that is because I am eating real whole foods and I will stop when I feel satiated. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Lavender Lifestyle. Today's episode is about health and developing better eating habits. Because health is so important, what we put into our bodies matters a lot, yet we're not very educated about nutrition or we're constantly hearing mixed messages on what foods are good for us and what foods to avoid. So today I just wanted to bring in a health coach and nutritionist to help clear things up and bust some common nutrition myths. I personally believe in food as medicine. I've read books like How Not to Die or Eat to Live, and those have kind of shaped my beliefs about food as medicine. So my ideal personally is to eat more whole foods, eat more plant-based as much as I can, and avoid processed foods. Obviously, it's not perfect. I was just traveling and eating whatever I want, eating snacks and junk food. But when I do eat whole foods and plant-based, I feel so much healthier. I feel brighter my energy is better so I know it's very very important to start with your diet because your health even your physical appearance mental health emotional health is all affected by what you eat so our guest today is Maria Marlowe Maria is an integrative nutrition health coach who helps busy women improve their health clear up their acne and lose weight by upgrading their eating habits she's the author of the real food grocery guide host of the happier and healthier podcast and creator of her signature and highly effective Eat Slim online nutrition and cooking course. Hi, Maria. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. Thanks so much for coming on. So you seem like you do a lot of things. You're very accomplished. (laughs) You're a health coach, an author, a podcast host, a speaker. And tell me, why are you so passionate about health and what led you down this path? So I didn't always grow up wanting to be in the nutrition or wellness space at all. And in fact, I never in a million years thought I would be doing this. I grew up on a standard American diet and really thought of food and weight loss and calories in and calories out. And that was, I really had no knowledge actually about nutrition. It was just sort of what was put out there, like the popular ideas at the time. And so as time went on, as I got a little bit older, I like in mid high school, so maybe I was like 16 at the time, I developed acne really badly. And I tried everything to make it go away. I went to dermatologists, I tried over the counter, I tried prescriptions, and it's one thing that just, it would not budge. And mm. so I was really frustrated by this, of course, and I had like very low self-esteem because of it. And I had other health problems, like I was sick all the time, I was heavier than I am now, uh, but it was really the acne that tormented me. Yeah. So fast forward, I got to college and I was initially studying fashion. And uh, over lunch one day, I was just talking to a friend there and I was complaining about my skin and she just very casually mentioned, oh, hey, 
you know, your acne might be caused by what you're eating. Mm. And of course, I was I was really taken aback, actually, because no one had ever asked me what I was eating, especially a dermatologist. And I'd been to many of them. None of them right. ever asked me what I was eating. And there I was sitting there eating pizza and chocolate chip cookies and soda. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, okay, that's an interesting thought. I've tried everything else. Let me let me see if there's any anything behind this. Mm-hmm. So I did some research into it. I drastically changed my diet and lo and behold, my skin finally cleared up. Wow. Yeah. So it was really powerful for me to see the effects food had on my skin, on my face and the mirror. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once my skin cleared up, funnily enough, I was like, oh, my acne's cured. Let me go back to eating my pizza and my cookies and my soda <laughs> and all this stuff. And of course, my skin broke out again. So oh, wow. to have that little relapse, it was it was just so powerful for me to be able to see that transformation in the mirror. So that's what really got me interested in health and wellness and got me down the nutrition rabbit hole because the more I researched, the more that I realized that everything in our body is affected by what we eat. I think prior to that, I thought food only affected weight. Mm. But after that, I realized it affects our mood, our memory, our cancer risk, our skin, and everything in between. Yeah. And I, I'm a believer of that too, but it's something that I had to learn in my adult life, just like reading blogs, watching documentaries. This is not something we're taught in school. And even you said, like you saw dermatologists, like you went to the doctor and nobody asked you what you were eating. I think because now I've, I've heard that food is medicine and all of these things that it's crazy to me that they don't put that together. For sure. And that's a big reason why I ended up changing career paths is because mm-hmm. I, I asked, I was like, why doesn't anyone teach us this? Why didn't yeah. anyone ask me what I was eating? And that really frustrated me. And so that's why I took this path. But And I, I do think that now, thanks to the rise of bloggers and the internet and Instagram, it is more common knowledge that food mm-hmm. is medicine. I still think there's a very long way to go, and I'm very happy that we've made so much progress. Yeah. But I do think there's still I, – I do wish it was taught in schools and we were taught from a younger age for sure. Yeah, and it's it's so interesting to hear your journey because it was like a direct effect on your acne and skin because that's something a lot of girls struggle with and they don't ever find like what it is that causes the acne. Right. Yeah. Acne is, you know, some people will say, oh, it's just a topical thing or it's beauty related. It doesn't matter as much. But But it has so much to do with confidence. Oh, for sure. It can wreck your self-confidence and your self-esteem. And so, Uh I mean, I remember having a nervous breakdown one day or being so ashamed or embarrassed to even go out of the house or to go to school because my skin was Mm -hmm. so broken out. And that feeling, it's a horrible feeling. And I, Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone to have to feel that feeling. And so that's really why I want to share this message and and let people know that most of the time, very few cases of acne or genetic acne, I believe it's less than 3%. The rest of the most common causes of acne are typically food related, whether that's a nutrition deficiency, or you're eating the wrong types of foods that are causing inflammation. It could be hormonal issue, which can also be affected by what you're eating. It could be stress, it could be pollution. So there are many common causes of acne for which each of us might have one or a combination of them. So it's just a matter of figuring out what your causes or causes are and then remedying it. Yeah. And since we're on the topic, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are curious, what were the exact food shifts, the changes that you made that helped cure like your acne? Sure. So at the time, 
I was only eating junk food. I did not eat anything that did not come out of a fast food container or a freezer. Uh, I did not eat any vegetables like fresh vegetables or fruit or anything remotely natural. So my diet was very inflammatory. I was eating a lot of dairy, a lot of gluten, a lot of sugar. And the changes for me that had the biggest impact was removing dairy, uh, removing sugar, Uh, Those were probably like the top two. And then more importantly, adding in the nutrient-rich foods that I was severely deficient in. Mm -hmm. And for each of us, you know, these things are going to be different. But uh, sugar is definitely a common cause of acne for some people. Um, Dairy could also be a culprit. And then there are other possible causes, but it's going to vary from person to person. Those are kind of um, two of the big ones. I see. So... I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to break those bad eating habits since you were eating a lot of junk food, fast food, sugar. How do you get out of that? Because sugar is like a drug, right? It's like addicting. And even me, like I love my chocolate and my cookies. So how do you break those habits? How do you change your life? For sure. I think the best way to break habits is to take baby steps and take things one at a time. And I was just telling a friend, I didn't change my diet overnight. It literally took me over a year to fully transition my diet from the way that I was initially eating to the way something more similar to how I'm eating now. And then of course, over the years, I've, I've tweaked it. But I took the lowest hanging fruit first, and I worked on that. So for me, dairy is a very powerful powerful acne trigger for me personally. When I eat dairy, and it was my favorite food at the time, I'm Italian. Mm. So I used to eat tons of milk and cheese. cheese And yeah, yeah, uh, at every meal, but literally, I Mm -hmm. eat the stuff and I break out. So Mm -hmm. for me, that was like, really step one was taking that out. So I kind of gotten used to that. And I find that with whether it's dairy, or whether it's sugar, or whatever you're trying to remove from your diet, finding upgrades of those foods that you love that are healthier, made with better ingredients, that's a great way to wean your palate off of those foods. So for example, for me, instead of having regular cheese, I would do vegan cheese. Or instead of having milk, I would have almond milk or nut milk. And in the case of sugar, sugar is very, very powerful. And most people are addicted to it. Whenever I do a talk somewhere, I'll always ask people who here feels like they're addicted to sugar. And inevitably, 99.9% of the room, their hand goes up. And so that's really no mistake. We are trained to love sugar and sweet things from the second we're born. Uh, You know, hopefully people are are breastfed for their early years, but more often than not, they are fed infant formula from very, very young. And the infant formula, if you look at the ingredient list, many of them contain high fructose corn syrup or other Mm. sweeteners and sugar. Which why baby, yeah exactly <laughs> why, why? Do that? Yeah. <laughs> the baby doesn't know yet right exactly uh, but that starts training our oh. taste buds to like those sweet tastes and then as we progress to toddler foods what are toddler foods they're mostly cookies Applesauce. and crackers and fruits and <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so it's very very sweet things and really as we progress all of our packaged foods are very sweet so by the time we're in our twenties or thirties and beyond we are 
in a way addicted to to sugar. So mm-hmm. breaking it, uh, I think it's also a mental block, right? Like how can I exist without my afternoon cookies or whatever it is, but finding the upgrade. So like I love making recipes that resemble the desserts that I love yet are made are only sweetened with fruit. Mm-hmm. And the reason that using fruit sweetened desserts is better to having a refined sugar sweetened dessert is because the fruit contains fiber and nutrients. So because of that, fiber and nutrients are what our bodies need to feel satiated. So if you're like me, I used to be able to polish off an entire box of chocolate chip cookies or an entire container of Haagen-Dazs vanilla ice cream <laughs> or whatever it is. I, I literally, the serving size didn't matter on the box, right. you know, on the package. I just was eating the entire package of yeah. 20 servings or whatever it was. <laughs> so when you eat real whole foods, you're going to find that you actually want to stop. Mm -hmm. So for example, two of my favorite recipes are a banana ice cream. So it's essentially using frozen bananas and then adding cocoa powder and vanilla or whatever flavors you want to make a soft serve ice cream. Uh, And the other one is chocolate date truffles. So you Mm -hmm. use dates, again, cocoa powder, coconut, and then whatever whatever superfood powders you want. And it makes it seem like a dessert because it does. You're spooning into the ice cream or you're eating the, it looks like a little candy. But you're not going to want to eat the entire container of it because you are going to feel satiated. So I feel like that's a great first step in trying to get off sugar is to kind of upgrade the foods and ingredients that you're using or having and kind of weaning your palate off. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I already love like I've discovered using dates this year. Dates are really sweet and you can make a lot of different things with them. Like it's surprising. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about your definition of real food, what it means. Can you share more about that and how, I guess, how we could be better at shopping for groceries? Sure. So real food is anything that comes from mother nature versus a factory. So that would include things like vegetables, fruit, nuts, seeds, beans, legumes, animal products in their whole form. So eggs, seafood, etc. And in terms of shopping better at the grocery store, I think that ideally the majority of the items in our cart would be coming from those fresh food sections versus mm-hmm. the package aisles. And yeah. typically the package aisles make up a much bigger portion of the store, uh, but you really want to kind of shop those fresh real food aisles first primarily, and then you can add on, you know, some package products. And again, always choose reading the ingredient list, I think is really important to make sure that whatever you're eating, whether it's a bread or a crackers or, you know, even the healthy sounding ones like the gluten free this and that, always get into the habit of reading the ingredient list and then looking, are those ingredients real foods that you would stock in your own kitchen? If they are, okay, great. Mm -hmm. If they're not, you can't pronounce them, you can't identify them, then you probably want to put it back and find a better alternative. Right. So just making sure you understand everything in the ingredients list. Because sometimes, I mean, most times I do not know what I'm reading. <laughs> like what what should we be looking out for or are there any like I guess red flags? For sure. So a few a few red flags. One would be and this is something you can pronounce and know and know what it is, but one would be packaged foods that have excessive sugar and that have sugar as the first or second ingredient. Yeah. Now, if you're getting a dessert, of course it's going to be high in sugar. I do think there are healthier alternatives like the fruit sweetened ones or using or finding desserts that are sweetened 
with, let's say, stevia or monk fruit sweetener or something like that, that is a lower or zero glycemic sweetener. Uh, but if you are having a dessert, okay, it's a given there's going to be sugar in it. But if you're buying salad dressing or tomato sauce or anything savory or that's not a dessert, why does it have to have sugar in there? It yeah. doesn't. So I really encourage you because you'll be surprised where you will find sugar. It's in so, so many products. So you want to kind of avoid it. And manufacturers will add it to products because it does make things taste good and mm -hmm. it does make you want to eat things. But I think that you don't need it in your salad dressing. You don't need it in your tomato sauce. You don't need it in all these places. So that's sort of number one is avoid foods that have sugar as a first or second ingredient or unnecessary sugar in them. Okay. Two, yeah. And then I would also, in addition to things that you can't really identify, I would say, you know, there's a very common saying, like, don't eat foods or with ingredients that you can't pronounce. And right. I think that's good. Like, there's a good intention behind that. But I think you can pronounce things, again, like sugar or high fructose corn syrup or red number five and things like that. So that's why I really like to expand it to if you won't stock that ingredient in your kitchen on its own then you probably want to find an upgraded product. And yeah, I, I just like to generally avoid, like I like to know what I'm eating and I like to eat real food. So I like to avoid yeah. the things with flavors, even natural flavors, because it's really an umbrella term and you don't really know what is in there. Colors mm -hmm. for sure, hydrogenated oils and any sort of vegetable oils. I think those are really important to avoid. So things like corn oil, canola oil, soy oil. Mm. I advise avoiding those because they are or can be pro-inflammatory and inflammation is the root cause of so many problems so that's something I generally really advise especially in your packaged foods that you're buying to avoid and look for ones that are made with avocado oil uh, coconut oil or olive oil those would be my top three picks okay yeah cool and when you're cooking at home, you also use like avocado oil, coconut oil? Yep, olive oil, coconut oil, and avocado are my, my three that are always in rotation. I love it. I have those three too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break with our sponsor, Blinkist. If you're like me, you have a huge list of books you want to read and it's always expanding. It feels like you'll never get to finish reading all of them. Well, our sponsor, Blinkist, has you covered. Blinkist is an app that takes thousands of best-selling non-fiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements, so you can listen and learn in under 15 minutes, all on your phone. I love listening to Blinkist in my free time. I like creating tags for topics so I can listen to different things depending on my mood, for example, creativity, business, psychology, or health. The huge library on Blinkist features timeless classics like Getting Things Done by David Allen to current Amazon bestsellers like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero, two of my favorite books. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Lavendaire to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash Lavendaire to start your free seven-day trial. You can cancel anytime. Again, that's Blinkist.com slash Lavendaire. Moving on to your own system at home, because I think one of the hardest parts of eating healthy is the extra time it takes to grocery shop, plan your meals, cook your meals. Like I'm used to eating out a lot and I know it's healthier to cook for myself, but it's just, it's the time. And I guess 
I don't know, the effort. So I'm curious, what is your current system or your routine that you maintain for your healthy food lifestyle? Yes. So that's a great question and one that I get all of the time. And I personally, I love eating healthy home-cooked meals, but I don't want to spend a ton of time in the kitchen either, even though I enjoy cooking. Mm -hmm. So for dinners, I'm a huge fan of a 20-minute dinner, especially on a weeknight. So I have this whole repertoire of recipes that can literally be on your table in 20 minutes or less from scratch. And so that's just a matter of having certain ingredients always stocked on hand. So for example, one of my go-tos that's a 20-minute or less recipe is a veggie curry dish. Mm. And you really just need coconut milk, curry paste, which are shelf-stable, so you can keep those. And then you can have either – I usually keep my fridge or freezer stocked with frozen veggies. Mm -hmm. and um, Or you could use fresh veggies, and I'll use some sort of protein, whether that's a bean or – whatever, whatever I have on hand. And so you kind of just combine those and your your dinner is ready in probably 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. especially if you're using frozen. So like that's one of my go to's. And then I have a bunch of those. Nice. Yeah. And then one other thing that I do when I'm when I'm more organized, uh, and I'm not like traveling or all over the place, I will also meal meal prep and batch cook on the weekend on a Sunday. And I think that's really helpful in just making me feel confident for the week and knowing that all my meals are kind of ready and planned for me. And it only takes a couple hours on the weekend, but I'll, you know, prepare the veggies, I can cook, um, I will roast veggies. So that way, I just have to reheat them because that's usually takes a long time. Um, I'll make soups or um, even sometimes I'll make breakfasts that are like kind of grab and go like a chia pudding. And just that way, like I know what I'm eating for the week, everything's done, I can just grab and go and I don't have to waste a ton of time cooking during the week. Yeah, I have some questions right now. One question is, is there a difference in nutritional quality between like frozen versus fresh vegetables? Because frozen is easier, but you know, what's the difference? Yeah, yeah. So there is, I think, a misconception that frozen vegetables are worse for you or somehow unhealthier than Mm -hmm. fresh. But in many cases, the frozen vegetables are sometimes more nutritious than the ones that you're going to get at your grocery store. So, But it's depending where you're living. So you're in LA, so most of our produce is grown over there, especially if you're shopping at the farmer's market out there, you get everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So that food, when it's picked fresh, when a produce, a fruit or a vegetable is picked fresh at its peak ripeness, it's going to be at its most nutritious. So that's what you're getting at the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. But for those of us in the rest of the country, like me in New York, uh, our produce that's ending up in our grocery store is often picked one or two weeks before, if not even longer. Um, and it's picked uh, when it's underripe, right? Like the green bananas that you'll see right. or underripe nectarines, right? Yeah. And um, because of that, it's not at its peak nutrition, right? And so um, okay. also it loses nutrition after it's after it's picked. So in some cases, mm-hmm. for some of us, uh, the, the frozen, which is picked at peak ripeness and peak nutrition and flash frozen, which locks much of that nutrition in, it's going to actually be more nutritious in many cases. Interesting. That's something I didn't know. My next question is when you meal prep and you microwave foods, I've always been told like the microwave is like not that good for 
your food. Have you seen that experiment where, like, they microwave water and use it、mm-hmm. to like water a plant, and it doesn't do as well as like the fresh water? So, what is your thought on that? <laughs> yes. So I hate the microwave too. I do not use、mm-hmm. mine. Mine is unplugged,、okay. and I, I, you know, if I ever were to build a house and and make a kitchen, I would not include a microwave in、uh... it. So I I love to heat everything up on a dry pan. Okay. And so I'll just put it on the stove top, and I'll just put it in like dry. I'll just dump it in if it's something that's kind of liquidy. It's fine. Or if it's something that's a little bit drier, I might add just a splash or two of water,、mm. and it only takes. Couple minutes and it, it will heat through, and then you know it's it's ready to go. Okay. Oh, I always thought that if you meal prepped, like you had to microwave it, but okay, I guess you can do that too. Yeah, you can do that. And then one other thing with meal prep、uh, that I love to also point out is I also use glass containers instead、mm. of plastic. I'm I'm a little weary of plastic, yeah, especially because I think there is a rise in hormonal and endocrine issues, and so especially amongst women.、Mm-hmm. So I try to avoid plastic. As much as humanly possible,、mm-hmm. and yeah, so I use glass, either the mason jars. I love those, or just glass containers for all the stuff that I meal prep. I see. And then, since we're on this topic, are there any other myths that you can bust right now? Any common misconceptions? I think one of the biggest ones is that all calories are created equal.、Mm-hmm. And if you think about this intuitively, if you have a hundred calories of an apple versus a hundred calories of a cookie, intuitively you know that the apple. Is healthier,、uh, but if you're just looking at the calories from a calorie in, calorie out perspective, they're not much different. And the truth of the matter is that our body metabolizes different foods differently. So if you eat an empty food like cookies, which is just refined sugar and flour, it's going to spike our blood sugar. It's going to make us hungrier. We're probably going to eat more later, right? So、mm-hmm. it's It's going to act one way, right? But when we eat the apple,、mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you eaten more than one or two apples at, at one sitting? Never, <laughs> probably never, right?、Yeah. And how many times have you sat and eaten, you know, a whole box of cookies? Right? Of course, it's been done. <laughs> yes. So those calories don't—they're not going to satiate you the same way.、Right. They're not going to affect your blood sugar the same way. They're not going to affect your health the same way, right? So there's so、mm-hmm. much more to a food than just calories. So one thing、yeah. that I try to drive home to people is that not all calories are created equal, and you want to choose quality over quantity. That、mm-hmm. needs to be your main thing that. You're looking for so that's number one, and then another myth is that in order to lose weight, you have to exercise, or the main way to lose weight is to exercise. And of course, exercise is so important, and I'm a huge advocate for it. It has so many benefits. But in terms of weight loss, you'll actually get have more progress more quickly by changing what you eat.、Mm-hmm. And there's been studies.、Um, there's one that I cite in my book、uh, where basically researchers looked. At people who were relatively sedentary, so they typically worked out less, like zero minutes a week or up to ninety minutes a week,、mm-hmm. and so they put them on a program. And so the ones that exercised from basically nothing to four or five times a week over the course of a year lost, I believe, about four pounds、um, over the course of a year when they kept their food the same. And you can really lose that that amount of weight in like two weeks by changing your diet. So、wow. uh, diet is really really important for weight loss.、Um, of course, fitness and working out is important too. That's really great for toning up and、uh, yeah. building muscle mass, which will help you burn fat.、Uh, but 
Mm-hmm. You can lose weight simply by changing your diet, but of course, exercise and and diet should be part of a healthy lifestyle. Yes, I, I definitely believe in that too. Diet is a huge part of weight loss. And to go back to your previous myth about all calories are created equal, like it reminded me, like I've heard the saying that the idea that if you eat whole foods, you can eat as much as you want and you'll you won't get fat. Well, maybe I'm saying it wrong, but in a way that like you'll feel satiated at the end of each meal without because you know when people are trying to lose weight they're trying to eat just like a little bit and they're always left feeling hungry but if you're eating healthy and whole foods like you feel full for sure right yeah (laughs) so kind of what i was talking about with the apple and the cookies is that when you eat healthy whole foods like your fiber rich foods they're foods with breaks so you are eventually going to feel full and you're not going to want to eat anymore whereas refined and processed foods even many diet foods which are like calorie restricted foods and you know these like little 200 calorie meals and things like that they're not satiating and they're going to leave you hungry and feeling deprived because they're not giving you enough of what you need they're not giving you nutrients they're not giving you fiber and fiber is what makes you feel full so I eat, I actually eat a lot. I eat a lot of food. If people like look at what I eat, they're like, wow, she eats a lot. But <laughs> the, the reason that I'm, you know, able to do that is because I am eating real whole foods and I will stop when I feel satiated. Yeah, I think that's my goal is I want to be able to eat whatever I want as long as it's healthy whole foods, but I don't want to have to limit myself. Yeah, and another like tip that I love to give people that is has been really, really helpful for me is when I think of my plate, if you think of your plate as a pie chart, you want at least 50% of your plate to be made up with vegetables, fiber-rich vegetables Mm. at as many meals as possible. And when you do this, it doesn't matter as much what's on the other side of your plate because all those veggies are going to fill your stomach up to some extent. So you're not going to really overeat the other stuff or you're not going to really feel like having dessert because you are going to feel that fullness. And then in terms of just the whole plate, you do want to have um, protein at every meal and and some healthy fats, a small amount of healthy fat. And that's really like the perfect plate. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So now I kind of want to shift the topic a little bit because on top of your health knowledge and wisdom, you've also built this media business around your passion, which is something a lot of people out there listening probably wish to do themselves. So on the business side, like how did you start building your brand and gaining credibility in this space? I've always been interested in in business and um, online businesses. And so when I first started, I started with a blog mm-hmm. and I would post my nutrition tips and recipes. And I just got into the habit of posting really regularly and consistently. Now, my original website looks nothing like mine now. It yeah. was terrible looking, but my photography was even worse. Um, I'm embarrassed to show you those recipe photos. But, you know, over time, as I just practiced and went for it, you know, I got better and better and better. So I think starting with putting out information, valuable information for people, that's how people get to know you. And that's how people find you is by putting out great content into the world. So that has been really helpful. And then just being authentic and being consistent. And even, you know, on days when I, you know, I posted something or shared something or shared a program that I thought was going to be amazing. And, you know, I got crickets, you know, (laughs) not throwing in the towel and 
figuring out like, okay, so that didn't work. Why didn't that work? Uh, Is there a way that I could do this better? Could I reword this? Can I promote it better? Whatever, like problem solving versus thinking like, oh my God, I suck at this and this is never going to work. I think that tenacity and that commitment to following through on my vision and what what I'm doing, even when I was not necessarily getting the results that I wanted early mm-hmm. on, I think that's really, really important. Oh, I love that. And I totally agree. That's great advice because most people, they kind of give up too early. If something doesn't work, they're like, okay, it doesn't work. Like, now what do I do? But it really is about like being aware, analyzing what you did wrong, like testing different ways to get it right. For sure. And just one other thing I'll add to that is one thing I think that stops a lot of people and even myself and at various times is this perfection paralysis where you are working on something and you can't release it into the world till it's perfect, perfect, perfect. And something that could have taken you a day is now taking you six months. Mm -hmm. And so... (laughs) you know, getting out of that perfection paralysis. And, you know, not everything needs to be perfect. Like, of course, you want to be professional. And uh, you want things to look good and sound good. But things don't need to be 100% perfect, put things Mm -hmm. out into the world. And then your audience will kind of tell you and let you know what they like and what they don't. And you'll know how to evolve and improve things. So I think that's really an important point as well. Yes, I completely agree. So what is something that you're excited about right now? Right now, I'm excited that it's the fall and this is my favorite season. (laughs) I want to go pumpkin and apple picking. And I'm excited. I'm also excited that I am giving my blog and my social media and everything a little refresh in the coming months. So I'm Mm -hmm. excited to reveal that soon. Awesome. And lastly, I'm going to do like some rapid fire questions. So feel free to give just short answers for this section. Are you ready? Sure. Yes. Okay. What does your dream life look like? Abundant. Ooh. What is one book or resource you recommend to everybody? I love Marianne Williamson's A Return to Love. I love that book too. It's so good. Okay. (laughs) What is one habit that has changed your life? Eating more vegetables every single day. Mm -hmm. And what is the best life or career advice you've ever gotten? Think really big and ask for big things. Make big asks. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Ooh, that's really good. Finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is... The most amazing part about life is love. Aww. That's beautiful. So, Maria, where can we find you online? And do you have any last words for us? Sure. So you can find me at mariamarlo.com. And Marlo has a W-E at the end. And you can also find me at mariamarlo on Instagram. And my last words of wisdom would just be to follow your heart and to be gracious with yourself, be patient with yourself, and nourish your body every single day. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Maria Marlowe. Now I just want to wrap up with some of my key takeaways from this conversation. So the first thing is, if you're looking to improve your diet or eating habits, the first things that you can start to cut out or reduce are sugar and dairy. So you can always find healthier alternatives for both sugar and dairy. So instead of regular milk, go almond milk or any nut milks. And instead of refined sugars, 
reach for those fresh fruits and just learn to cut out as much sugar as you can it's really really hard because once you start to notice like the ingredients in all your food you'll realize that sugar is in a lot more than you think i also really love that we busted the myth of frozen versus fresh vegetables i used to think that frozen vegetables were less nutritious than fresh and you know maria said that in some cases it could be the opposite way around so i guess frozen vegetables are not as bad as i thought they were and that's great news because they're so much more convenient like i love having like frozen broccoli and just assorted veggies in the freezer so they're just easier to like throw in like your noodle soups or like stir fry or literally you could put them in anything it was also good to confirm that microwaving is not the best for your food maria heats up her food on the stove and she uses glass containers and not plastic plastic is just not that great for you and also just a friendly reminder that fiber rich vegetables should make up half of your plate so that is my reminder to eat more veggies <laughs> and ultimately what this conversation reaffirmed is that what you eat plays a bigger role in your life than you think what you put into your body is really important it might be the source of the issue that you're dealing with whether you have acne maybe you have low energy maybe you've been feeling sluggish depressed i'm not saying that it's only the food that you eat but i'm saying that the food you eat does play a huge role in affecting how you feel how you look and your hormonal imbalances all of that can be influenced and improved by your diet what comes to mind if you guys heard my episode about my boyfriend and his migraines is he could probably cut out a lot more sugar alcohol all this stuff from his diet and eat healthier but he did everything else everything else other than diet he spent money on doctors on buying new products on just money on other things rather than trying to change up his diet in the first place and i really believe that diet might be one of the first places that you should try changing if you're looking to change your life just a thought <laughs> it might also save you some money trying out all these other random things who knows anyway i hope you learned something from today's episode sending you so much love bye Alright, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Next, make sure you check out the 2019 Artist of Life workbook and the Daily Planner by Lavender on my website, lavender.com shop. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye!